Hello, Nicole. I don't usually, you usually don't start. Just Sometimes I off. do. We used to, and then we flipped it up. Oh. And then you did, and now, and then we have to introduce ourselves in our full names. Hello, I'm Nicole Cottrell. I'm Renee Ronica Bahati Klug Mercury. Delightful. How's it going over there? It's going great. So today's episode originally was going to be essential oils. But also science. But then we realized... We don't really care enough about either of those things to talk about. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I care about essential oils, but there's only so much you can talk about I care about science about more than essential oils. I care about essential oils more than science. And there we are. <laughs> I know. But today... Wait, are we doing the fun one first or are we doing the serious one first? We said we're doing hearing okay that's right so um i got ahead of that intro i was supposed to share what i just shared in the next episode that we're filming back to back but here filming filming whatever recording, recording whatever <laughs> we're tape recording um today like we are layer. going to talk about praying which many of us do to in any different ways but also hearing hearing which is an interesting topic because not everybody believes or has experienced the art. I believe it's an art mm. or an act. I think for some people it's an art and for others it's an act mm -hmm. of hearing God. And I think that there are a lot of explainable reasons for that. And I think there are a lot of just straight up mysteries. Yes. Why sometimes there's silence. Absolutely. Definitely there's a lot of mystery involved in it. So talk to me about your experience i mean i think we're going to focus more on the hearing than the praying but you can talk about either hmm i didn't even think about that like did you start your your so 20 it's been 25 years for you 24 ish i don't even know yes yeah about that it's been 23 mm -hmm. 24 so in the last 23 24 years or let me start let me ask this do you feel like when you first experienced god did you experience him more through prayer or through the ability to hear what he was saying to you? That's a hard question. I don't even know that I could Well, answer. I think, I mean, I do think one begets the other, right? I mean, I don't, I definitely have had times of just hearing God speak things, which I'm sure those are some of the stories we will share um, without praying. But generally it's been through prayer and then the practice of listening Mm -hmm. or being still and listening and actually waiting for a response. I think a lot of times what we are instructed in is like prayer and pray and, you know, supplications before the Lord and make your requests known and all these things. But people forget that whole other important part, which is, well, you have to actually listen. Yeah. If you're having a conversation with someone, you say something and then you wait for them to say something back. Yeah. And a lot of times we just cut that part out and we're like oh well god didn't speak to us or i didn't hear anything but that's not always the case mm -hmm. maybe he is speaking maybe there's a lot of ways that that can look and you know ways to figure that out but a lot of it is in the listening and when you uh you're 16 17 when you went to this christian rally or concert or whatever i know what it's called in my life i'm not allowed to name it right yeah. Acquire the fire. Acquire the fire. Acquire the fire, 1996. But when you went there, did you, I mean, I don't know that you can remember all of this, but do you remember praying like, hey God, if you're real, show me? Or do you feel, well, why did you go? Oh, um, why did I go? I was going to church for a while. I think we talked about this in 
one of our episodes, like praying way down back. Here? I don't know which episode. Um, I had been going to church. Well, I grew up going to church off and on. And anyway, and I had been going to church that year. This was my junior year of high school. We're going into my junior year. Yeah, my junior year. Um, I was going to church because I liked being at church. I really, I already believed in God. Yeah. I mean, that was actually, that part was pretty easy for me. Um, I just didn't, I hadn't met G- the person of Jesus yet. Yeah. No one had really given me the download on him. Yeah. And I was going because I liked being there. And a friend invited me to acquire the fire. I think I shared this story before. Mm-hmm. Oh, you and, shared it with me, but I don't think you shared then it with I, her. And then I worked at um, Old Navy at the time. Yes. I Olden, have something to return at Old Olden, Navy. I wish I could just give it to you. Yeah. Old Navy um, at the mall. And I worked every weekend that I worked there. And the, I told my friend, I was like, well, I probably can't go to this thing because I work every weekend. Like, I'm always scheduled on the weekends because I was a high school student. So, of course, I worked the weekends. And I went in that week and I got my schedule and I wasn't scheduled for the weekend. <gasps> and I was like, oh, that's so weird. And my friend was like, um, that's because God wants you there. So you should be there. And I went and bought a Bible. I didn't know what I was doing, but I went and bought a Bible. Like what translation was it? Was it the New King, King James? James? Thank you very much. Oh, that's not bad. I know. At least you could. <laughs> and my then, first Bible was a King James and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. I was like, what is this? <laughs> New King James. And I went to the... To the event, it's a, like it's like a conference, kind of. I guess I don't know. It's kind of like a cross between a concert and a conference and a rally. Mm. Yeah, and it's like a prayer rally slash giant altar call. And um, no, I didn't pray anything. I just had this overwhelming sense that God was really real. And the guy on the stage was talking about God wants to know you, and He loves you, and He's calling you. And he wants to be in relationship with you. And I was like, that sounds really good. I mean, I was already like primed, ready soil. I, I was ready. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll, I'm going to do that. And um, some kid in the audience stood up and said, he just yelled out, I am yours, Lord. And then another kid stood up and was like, I'm yours, Lord. And then another person, then another person. And people were just standing up crying like, I'm yours, God. You know, I love That's you. Amazing. Like, all these people around me. And I just felt like I felt compelled to stand up. I don't really remember what I said, but I felt like in my standing, that was me saying like, I believe you're real yeah. and you love me. And that was it. Like that was actually my meeting Jesus, period. There was no like, I had someone pray with me Shortly thereafter, an adult did the whole prayer of salvation thing. I'm sure at some time we'll do an episode on the not necessary prayer of salvation because I was already done. It was done. But somebody did pray with me. People always need to like tokenize, not tokenize, (laughs) but they need to like have a talisman or something. They need to have something to say. It's a formula. You have to have that formula to make yourself feel better that something actually happened. But really, it's a kind of a safeguard out of fear. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a man-made deal. But so that was it. And so there wasn't really that much praying involved. But there was a lot of hearing though. I know. The thing too though is I think we get stuck in the thinking like that prayer is a formula too. Like prayer doesn't have to start with dear Lord. Yeah. This is Nicole. (laughs) I'm, you know, like it's not a Judy Bloom novel. Like we can just be talking and shooting the breeze and like living your daily life saying things to God all day long. That's still prayer. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't have to be this formal, set aside, formulaic thing. Now, Jesus did 
say when you pray in Matthew, or it's all in the New Testament, but I'm thinking of Matthew. When you pray, pray like this, and he yeah. gave the Lord's Prayer. The Our Father who art in right. heaven. But any kind of communication, at least in my opinion, is still prayer. It's true. And you posted something today that was really beautiful about a woman who said, when you're angry, mm. that's okay to sit down too. And whether you're quiet or loud or whatever about it, just to sit in that and mm-hmm. communicate it. Yes. Or not, don't, don't, don't silence yourself because somehow God only wants you to be this happy right. person who will only come to him with these amazing prayers and supplications. Right. Because I think anger can really beget a lot of 100%. supplication. An angry prayer... I mean, I feel like some of my most cathartic healing prayers have been angry prayers. Oh, same. Yeah. I actually don't ever want to go back to Hawaii because I had a moment there where I was out. I don't even know where. I think we were on Maui. And I like ran off by myself really quick. It wasn't that dramatic, but I was older. I was like 19. And I just was dealing with a lot of different things at that time and really feeling a lot of confusion and like, what are you doing? And I just remember like running over a bunch of rocks into the middle of nowhere and just like shouting. Mm. And it felt like such a... It's a very teen angsty movie. So teen angsty movie in Enneagram 4 I like whatever. it though. I but can totally helped. see you doing it. And all of these years later, it made a difference. And yeah. it feels like that's a, like a sacred ground in Hawaii and I can't ever go back. Oh, it's so interesting. To touch that. Except yeah. when we go back, we'll go sometime We'll go back to Hawaii, to Hawaii maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. But I will wear coconuts only. And a grass skirt, obviously. Yes. There's no other way to do Hawaii. Yeah, so hearing. And hearing can come in a lot of different forms. I love that hearing also, like I said already, incorporates silence. Today, ladies and gentlemen, and there are gentlemen, welcome. (laughs) Um, I've only had a half a glass of rosé. And Nicole's glass accidentally fell. You know what? It's probably better. It's probably better. Listen. I probably needed that glass. It was serendipitous. It's true. It's true. So where should we go from here? So you tell me about any of your first ideas around prayer. Like you and I were similar ages when we We were, you know, met Jesus. And so what were your first like thoughts around prayer? Was it, did it feel easy? Did it feel weird? Was it awkward? Do you have have any first like memories? Yeah. Well, I think I had mentioned here in, I don't even know what episode that for me, it was like a Moses and a burning bush kind of experience Mm -hmm. when I did first realize that God was God. Mm -hmm. I think I had this thought in my head, like it was more of a shadow that a God exists, because I think that there there was just a knowing that I had. Yeah. Um, not when I was little. When I was little, I had more of a terror that there was nothing. Mm, that's so interesting. And that. it's such a vivid memory from my childhood of just feeling like I was in a box underground and there was nobody else there. Wow. I would have these weird dreams. And I think it's because I've always just been more tapped into that kind mm-hmm. of aspect of my life. And then I felt like there was definitely a presence, but I didn't really know what to do with it. Yeah. And then when this experience happened, it was actually at a church, and I I, I don't want to repeat too much, but a woman essentially gave me a prophetic word mm-hmm. where she said things about my life that nobody would have known. And at that time, I had just told my parents what had happened to me mm-hmm. w- with the molestation. And when my parents confronted some of the people, they like blame shifted. Yeah. And this woman, the very first thing out of her mouth, which I know wasn't her, because I don't even know who the woman was. Yeah was essentially God sees you and he believes your story. Gosh, it's so, so I was like, what? And that was it. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. I didn't need any more convincing that right. Jesus was Lord. Yeah. 
And I needed a lot of convincing of a lot of other things in the last 25 mm-hmm. years. And there are a lot of things that you don't need to convince me anymore because I know that they're right. false. Um, I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> just not yet. And it's got to be an actual thing. But um, I, but that was what allowed me to know that I was in. I was all yeah. in. Like I pushed all my chips right in. And after that, that same day, my mom and I, you know, we, we went to lunch after church and then we uh, went to the movies, I think. And I remember like being so tapped in to the presence of the Lord that when I saw people, I could simultaneously see two things. And I believe that all of this is part of hearing mm-hmm. or perceiving, right. maybe. Maybe we should retitle this praying and perceiving. And or it becomes another episode all to itself. Correct. Um, and it was, I could perceive people in how they were perceived by humanity and others mm-hmm. and society. And then I perceived what they, who they truly were. It, who God saw them as. Who God saw them as. And who they really like, were. who they Their really real were. And, yeah. and I could see this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the most captivating thing I have ever experienced in my life. And it was super overwhelming. And I was like, I don't think I can hold on to this every single day. Yeah. But it was, it, and it. I think like that was the, I've always been a pretty empathetic person. I mean, junior high, I probably would not so much, but whatever. Um, but that really, I think, allowed me to realize that you cannot read a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. And it always allowed me, always, it often allowed me to move beyond the stereotype that I was seeing. Yeah. And see that there is a, a person under there who is manifesting whatever they are on the outside yeah. because of something that I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And God wants to get to the root of that and bring love. Yeah, that's so good. So beautiful. So that was like my experience. And then and then I went to Bible school. <laughs> so but like what was praying like? I mean, praying out was of that time. fastidious. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to Bible school and so they kind of teach you how to pray there. And I remember one of the most frustrating times that I had with prayer was with some roommates. Um, you know, and it, we were like sweet mates. And so there was like four or six of us, I can't remember. And we would sit around in a circle and it must have been once a week. I don't remember. But... And we would go around in a circle and state our prayer requests. Yes, prayer requests. And then big one thing. of prayer the requests. women who I'm still friends with, I love her, but she is like hardcore administration, mm-hmm. right? Like she is all about yeah, probably an Enneagram one. Efficiency, as it were. All of that. And so mm-hmm. she was like, okay, let's now assign each person to one of those prayer requests and I about died. Yeah. I was like, seriously? I was like, I don't have time for this. And are you kidding me? It felt so rote. And I listen. Yes. And I she she's amazing. And I and I remember speaking up and I I think I hurt her feelings. But I was like, can we just pray as the spirit leads? Mm-hmm. And she kind of like was a little heartbroken. Right. But then the, the other roommates were like, Yeah, yeah, let's do that. And that sounds like I way think, more fun. It's yeah. Well, and I think sometimes it doesn't then you're not feeling like you're just checking off it. Not to say that prayer is just checking off a task. I think that there's something really beautiful and holy about committing to something and doing and it praying. even if it's yeah. a, a list. I so I'm not negating that. But I am also saying that for me, sometimes just the art of being led by the spirit in prayer, mm-hmm. for me, because I think maybe my person I'm a list person, but that has been really um, helpful to me to feel like I am not just trying to be a good girl. Yeah. You're not just checking a Christian box, but you're actually yeah. like listening 
for the yeah. Lord and what he's doing. But like we've talked about here with the disciplines, sometimes you have to start with a checkmark list to just yeah. get into the practice Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And I remember I had that. I had journals of like, you know, anytime I met somebody and now when I go back, I'm like, who is that person and what was their story? I yeah. don't know, but I know that I prayed, for, prayed them for them in yeah. 1995. Yeah, absolutely. And, but yeah, so it, it, it morphed over the years. I think that's totally normal. I think a lot of us have, also, I think it can be seasonal. Like we were talking about, even before we started recording, there can be seasons where you have to have, or you're kind of using more tools yeah. or structure. There are, can be lots of reasons for that. And if those are the things that you f- feel that you need, then use them. I mean, I've had plenty of seasons where I've same, I've had like very structured time around how I pray, what I read, what I journal. And then I've had seasons where I've done none of those things. Yeah. And I've had seasons where I do some of those things. Yeah. And I think that's part of it too. Like there's grace for all of the ways that it can look and the ways that it can be. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the cool things that have happened over the years where we heard, maybe we felt a little like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I can't remember if I told this story on the podcast, but Let's talk about those stories because those were just amazing. And I really, I think they increase our faith. Yeah. Okay. Prayer stories, like where we've prayed and crazy things have happened? No, or or we've we've heard. heard. I think where we've heard. Yeah. Either one. Either one. There's no rules. Okay. I have to think. You should go then. Right. So I have what I want to share. And I love it because it was like one of the first fruits for me of breaking down legalism. Mm. Um, Wait, have I told the story on this this, uh, podcast yet about saving my tithe? I don't think so. Okay, good. So I know I told this recently, but I couldn't remember where. Um, So when I was in college, uh, in and out at the time had like, April was like child abuse awareness month or Mm -hmm. something. And you could, you know, you you can still do it, I think. And you donate your money at the front. Yeah. So I was there with uh, a friend of mine from uh, Bible school. And I said, ooh, I'm going to put my tithe in the in and out jar. Mm-hmm. And she ripped me up. She's like, Renee, you are supposed to give your tithe to the church and nothing but the church. And wow. Let me talk to you. Like shame poured over me like an in and out milkshake. Aggressive. It was. And I just was And like, also wrong. Right? And I was like, I didn't know. I mean, I was a baby Christian and all these people knew the Lord. Oh, I know. That's what people do. So I was like, what am I still? So I just kind of like, whatever. And I started just tithing to churches, although I didn't really have a church. Anyway, fast forward. It's probably four or five years later. I'm now in New York at in graduate school. Mm-hmm. And I meet this couple. And they're brand new. But anyway, like three months uh, prior to that, every time I went to go put my tithe in the basket, because mm-hmm. back then we didn't have apps and all of these easy peasy ways of giving your money. You actually had to like bring cash to, right. or your check <laughs> to the place. Technology. And you had to put it in a basket. <laughs> It was very COVID unfriendly, but, um, and every time I went to go put my money in, I heard the Holy Spirit say, save it. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? And I was like, okay. So I brought it back and I like, you know, kept it wherever in my closet and not in the bank, but in my closet because <laughs> I knew I would spend it if it was at the bank, but I knew if I had, so this couple, I barely knew them. They were newly engaged and all of a sudden I hear God say something. And I was like, oh, dear. Mm-hmm. I was like, they don't know me. I don't mm-hmm. really know them. Yeah. So, and it was just for the man. His name is Andy. Yeah. And so what I did is I brought Andy and Jen, and they're still married. They've been married for 20 years now. I brought them together because I was like, I don't want her to think that right, I'm doing right. anything shady, right? 
So I sat them down. I said, look, I know we don't know each other. I said, but the Lord has been asking me to save my tithe for a number of months now. And I have X amount of money. And yesterday the Lord told me that I had to give it to you, Andy. Mm -hmm. And Andy looked at me and he looks at Jen and I was like, oh my God, what are they going to do? Like, am I, if I just lost a brand new friendship. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, so I have had a broken tooth. And it has been bothering me for a long time and I've been putting off fixing it. Mm -hmm. He said, and yesterday I finally went to the dentist and it's going to cost X amount. And it was to the dollar. To the dollar. To the dollar. Yeah, it's so good. Of the tie that I that I had been saving. And mm -hmm. I mean, we're still friends. Yeah. And what I loved about that was not only did God hear Andy and, mm -hmm. and provide for Andy's needs, but he also broke what was the biggest piece of horseshit right, there that is. anybody there has ever taught me about right. how you're you're supposed to give to God. Exactly. And, and what the rules and regulations are around it. Yeah. Because I know for a fact that what I did was what God asked me That's to right. do. And oh, and guess what? Um, the people are the church. I know. Uh, friend who chastised you. I know her name, but I'm not going to say The people it. <laughs> are the church, not the building. So you gave to the church, God's people. I did give to End the of rant. That's yes. good. That's okay, good. so Jonathan has a similar story. I'm just going to share his story because it's a good one. It's Appropriation. It's very, very, it's absolutely. Um, I'm stealing my white husband's story. Um, but it's uh, it's really short. But we have a fr his friend, Kenny. He's my friend too. Um, this was back when they were both single. And he had heard, Jonathan had just heard from the Lord, like, hey, you need to write a check to Kenny. He was like, okay. And he's like, oh, I'll just like, okay, I'm just going to like write him a check. Like he must need this for something. I'm going to write him a check. So he went to write him this like larger amount. I, let's just say it was like $300. He went to write a check for $300. And he heard the Lord say, no, 250 He was like, but Lord, but like 300 And the Lord was like, no, 250 So he's like, okay. So he writes a check for 250 gives it to Kenny. Kenny's like, I don't know what this is for, but cool. Thank you. And then like maybe a few days later, Kenny's car breaks. He has no extra cash. And the repair comes out to like $248.63 or something, right? And he calls Jonathan and he's so excited. And he's like, dude, the exact amount that you gave me, God is so good. And when Jonathan tells the story too, like part of him not overwriting yeah. was for Kenny to see God's specific yeah. care for this need that was about to come. Yeah. It wasn't just like superfluous out of Jonathan. It was God's specific care. Yeah. And I love that. Okay, so both of those stories, though, because I'm kind of jumping ahead now, we are just talking about like how we just hear from God and God just says, I was just about to, to us, say And that. people listening might be like, uh, say what uh, now? What <laughs> he told you what? He said, don't tithe, don't give that tithe. And he heard 250. And how does that even work? What does that even mean? And this is all caught up in money. We didn't mean to tell money. I know. <laughs> well, now, what's the question? Because I think the question I have in my head is different than your question. So can you re-ask question? I mean, I guess question? I'm thinking like if you, if someone were listening and they didn't necessarily have these same kinds of experiences yeah. of just hearing from God. Like how do you know it's God? How do you know it's God? How That's do you know that that thing question. in your head is God talking to you? I think it's, I, I well, okay. I don't know because I just know. And I think that's the answer is you just know. And if you don't know, you test it. Mm -hmm. So here, 
the way that I started to really hear the Lord, there are some times where I've heard the Lord, like it was a voice. Yeah. I've heard that. And I've got a cool story about that. And I'll, I'm going to start this here and I want to finish that. Don't let me forget to finish the episode by telling you that story. But when the, how I've heard the Lord directly one morning, I was on my loft bed, you know, and oh, in, the dorms, so cool. in the dorms and I woke up and the first thing I heard, I heard this be- lovely baritone that sounded like water, which is cool because it lines mm, up with scripture. Yeah. Uh, you can look it up. I didn't look it up for you. Um, <laughs> and and it, it he, the voice said, hello, Renee. That's no, 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 no. The voice did not say that. The voice said, <laughs> sorry, it's been 25 years. The voice said, good morning, Renee. And I was still like, and I was like, good morning, Lord. And you weren't freaked out by that. It was, it was the, it it felt like water. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And I, I feel safe in water. Water is kind yeah. of my, my peace place. Anyway, oh shoot. Oh no. Where was I going to go after that? So I'm going to start there. So that's how I've like directly heard the Lord. But then after I graduated college, I did get involved in a much more charismatic type of Mm -hmm, community. mm -hmm. It was also very fundamentalist and messianic. There were all sorts of things happening. Messianic means that there, it was primarily made up of Jewish people who had accepted Jesus Mm -hmm. as their Messiah. And so there was a lot of Jewish tradition woven in to, to, and there was also prophecy, which is hearing from the Lord and all of that. So I was folded into this community and I live on one side of Phoenix and everybody else lived on the side that Nicole lives in. We live on the opposite side. <sighs> and I was just getting to know how to navigate all those streets because I didn't come this far when, when I had lived here in high school and I was, you know, I, I, my driving years were in California, not in Arizona. Anyway, so there were times where I would go to like print out a MapQuest map. Yes, remember that. Remember when we used to have atlases in our car and right? we would print out MapQuest? And I remember the Lord saying, don't trust me. And I was like, what? Don't print like, the map quest? Don't print the map quest. And like, but Jesus, it's map quest. And I was like, I know. And I was like, dude, come on. I got to get where and, I'm going. And I, I, he was like, trust me. And I was like, what? And I was like, all right. So I got in my little Toyota, 1992 Toyota Corolla stick shift. I know this story. This story is crazy right? to me. And he told me, go left, go right, go so here, crazy. go that, take this street, take that street. And I got to my destination. And I was like, what? What? Now listen, I want to say this, that there have been other times where I have delivered messages that I feel like God had told me to and I got shut down by the person I delivered it to yeah, yeah. or there was nothing or I was I felt like I was supposed to do this and nothing. So there have been times like that and those sometimes did throw me for a loop. Mm-hmm. But I think this is why being in community is also really important. Yes. We can talk about that later. Anyway, I feel like I... Oh yeah, we've gone back and forth. And um but that was really interesting. Those these are big things, but sometimes it was just in the little too. Um I'll tell one more story. So now fast forward. This one's an interesting one, a little creepy. But you know, keeping in mind that now I'm like 30 ish, maybe I'm 30 at this point. The car story I was like probably 21. So now I'm like 30, we're living in Colorado, uh, and I was shadowing uh, a professor. So I'm sitting in the seats with the students because she's retiring and I'm going to take her place or something Mm -hmm. like that. I don't remember the whole story. And we're sitting there and all of a sudden I keep getting this feeling that somebody is going to come into the classroom and start shooting. Oh, I feel like I know this one. And I'm like, what is happening? And then I didn't do anything about it. I was just like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. And then a day later, Virginia Tech happens. Mm-hmm. And Virginia Tech, you can look it up. This 
kid just goes into a college campus and just starts hosing people Mm -hmm. and a lot of people died it was awful Mm -hmm. people were in class just like i had been and they were dead and then like a few days later or whatever sometime later i had like my dad's gonna die in a car accident you felt like you had a premonition like i just had this and i just was gripped with fear like Mm -hmm. i didn't want my dad to die and i didn't do anything about it i didn't whatever I just was like, this is weird. And then two days later, my boss at the time, she was like, Renee, my best friend's dad just died in a car accident. So crazy. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. So then I started to get the hint. Yeah. Like, oh. I should pray. Like that had to have been, I didn't know though. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, of course. And keeping in mind that by 30, I had already been a Christian for like 13, 14 years. And been hearing, been in community, been in that, all of that. And still, that was a new way of hearing. Mm -hmm, Totally. And so- then I started feeling those things. And it usually comes like kind of like a panic. Yeah. Um, and I pray, and then I wouldn't hear the story after, after that. Yeah. Right. But this is a terrible, terrible story, and I'm still <laughs> devastated over it. But I, I run often, um, and I was running late September of this year, and I had a feeling that somebody was going to shoot me. And I was like, that's so weird. And I just forgot to pray because I was running. And three days later, one of my close colleagues was yeah, shot was dead shot. by her. It's horrific. Yeah, while she was running. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, and I, do I take the blame for that? No. Do I think, I don't know. I could unpack a lot of devastation right there yeah. and how I might feel about that. I didn't do something. And yeah. if I have to repent to the Lord, maybe I was supposed to pray and maybe things would have gone down differently. And I, I'm sorry yeah. that I didn't, but I didn't. I just, it didn't connect to me. I thought I was freaking out because I was like running on a busy street. Mm-hmm. And it you're also ca- not responsible for what happened. I know. To her. I know I that mean, I'm not, but those things are weighty. And that's the thing. No, Sometimes for God sure. puts a lot of weight on you. And I'm like, seriously, dude? He puts a lot of weight on you. I don't know about, I feel like you're kind of alone in that. That's a separate conversation for another Listen, time. Listen, we have some talking to do. That's your prophetic gifting. That's it just is my prophetic part of gifting, what you have been called into. Okay, so good. Most of you are probably off the hook, but if you're not, that's okay. And I don't feel a sense of guilt over that. But but I'm, yeah, but it's a lot. It would have been nice to have known what would have happened right. if I had prayed. Yeah. And maybe I did to a sense. Yeah. I don't know. I'm running. I'm not thinking about anything. Well, I mean, God knows. It's I mean, it, anyway. Yeah. So I digress. So those are some stories. And then I'll Okay, talk. so I want to say it's your turn. a couple of things about what you started with about – for you, you feel like, okay, if you just like hear and you just know, like you just know that it's God. I think for me, it's a couple of things. Usually I hear in my mind, it sounds like my voice, but I hear as if someone were talking to me. It's not me oh. talking to myself. It's not like if I were like saying, I need to go to the store. It's not that. It's Nicole. You should. So it's whatever. external? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in, it's inside my mind. But it's not the words – I don't address myself the way that I would address myself. As if It's as if someone were addressing me. But in my mind, in my voice. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually uh, something – a lot of times part of the way that I know that it's God is because it's something I don't want to do. <laughs> I mean truly. Like I will have a thought come into my mind. Like there was a girl that I used to – a woman that I um, did some ministry with. I won't give any specifics, but, and she just, our personalities just did not really click. And it was kind of hard for us to be around each other, but we had to work together a lot. And 
one day I was going to take Riley shopping for clothes and she had a child similar age to my daughter. And I heard in my mind, like I was getting my kid dressed, we were going to leave. And I heard, you need to call this person and invite her. Now, that wasn't me. Yeah. Because I didn't want to do that. So I knew that that was the Lord because I was like, no, I, I would really rather not. Thank you. And then I like heard it again and was like, oh, oh, fine. And I, you know, I did it and I called her and I was fine, whatever. So a lot of times it's that. It's that I, it's not necessarily something I would think to do or want to do. Yeah. Um, or sometimes it like, feels like it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's not even necessarily something I've been considering or thinking about. Yeah. That's or even a, a logical connection. Right. So a lot of times that's how I actually can decipher that it's the Lord um, asking me or talking to me or telling me to do something or inviting me to do something. Not telling, like he's not like being mean, but you know, he's a lot, a lot of times just inviting us to things. We do get to decide yes or no. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to call that girl, but I no. wanted to because he asked me to, right? And what was the outcome? It was fine. It wasn't anything. It didn't like change our lives or anything, but I, I mean, think it was just, I think it was a peace offering that probably made the rest of our time together a little smoother. Are you still friends with her? No. I mean, yeah. we know each other, but we're not. We were never friends. But which yeah. was just fine. That was what wasn't the intent. He wasn't trying to make us. And maybe it did. It, maybe it did something in her that she's never revealed to you that made her yeah. feel seen. I don't know. I have no idea. But, you know, sometimes you just have to do those things. Um yeah, so those are kind of the things that stand out for me when I think about how do I actually know that it's not me and that it's God asking me to do something. Um and sometimes it is quieter. Yeah. Um, and that is part of the listening, right? Because he's not always like yelling. It's not always this loud, dominating voice in my mind. It's sometimes just like a subtle. Now, a lot of other, and a lot of times, and I think a lot of people experience this, and I think a lot of people experience this and disregard it and say that that's not God talking to them, is they get a feeling about yeah. something. Especially women, not to be like whatever women this or men that, but I do think women get more kind of like a sense about something or feeling about something. And then they'll say, oh, well, God doesn't talk to me or I don't hear him, but that's actually him. Yeah. You get this nudging or gnawing or like an idea you can't shake or if someone keeps coming up in your mind or you think you should call someone or all of those things, like that's usually the Holy Spirit. Cause he's, what's that thing people always say that's kind of like a God wink, a little cheesy, but I kind of like it. No, that the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, hmm. right? Like he doesn't force himself. He's just like, hmm. Hey, by the way, yeah, you could do this. It's true. It's very, um, you know? Yeah. And I, I, you know, last night we were having, I was having a conversation with some friends about God not being binary gender. We'll talk about that. I would love to have that conversation that Holy Spirit might actually be the, the female member of the Trinity, if you will. But anyway, I digress there too. But what I want to maybe shift to now is because I love the way Nicole prays for people and we have such a distinct way of praying and we'll weave this all back together. But in praying, there's also the perceiving and hearing. Mm-hmm, yeah. So talk about how that looks. I know that it never looks exactly the same, but it there is a there is a pattern or there is like a, a consistency. There's a consistency, and mm-hmm. I think you kind of know the post posture it takes to to get where you need to go. It doesn't always work, but I know I know Nicole. Like for instance, Nicole likes to get up and go by that person and touch the person, mm-hmm. and she always asks. Can I touch you, you know? Um, can I touch you? May I lay my I hand know. on your thigh? Can I lay my hand <laughs> on your thigh? Um, 
but she'll do that. And so you talk about this because that's well, I don't even know why you. that is. That's honestly just like learned behavior. I've just figured out over time that that's what works for me yeah. to feel connected to what the Holy Spirit's doing. I have to. I don't have to. I feel like my connection like if you're thinking of like a telephone connection like my connection is better when i'm touching a person that i'm praying for so that's always my preference to lay hands on someone um and then are you talking about like seeing things yeah like and then pictures? what I, I love the way that you see from god see from god you i see, see from, from god. god i see from god well so very often most always when i pray if I'm just praying for someone, I see a picture, I see pictures, pictures come into my mind, which I think is very indicative of my personality. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. God speaks to us a lot in the ways that make sense to us even, and Mm -hmm. that are, that are aligned with our personalities. Like I'm a very visual person. You're an artist. I'm such an artist. (laughs) Sorry, that's an inside joke that we're never going to tell you about. But I am an artist. (laughs) I stand by it. And so like if I pray for someone it's really it sounds so i mean maybe it sounds super simplistic i don't know if it's i just not, like but it's so beautiful. pray for somebody and i close my eyes and like i'll see a picture in my mind of like a hot air balloon and sometimes i feel like i know what that means and what god's trying to communicate sometimes i don't sometimes i just have to say the first part of it i'll just share what i'm seeing and then as i'm sharing what i see then it's like the Holy Spirit downloads the rest of the information to me. Then I get the rest of, or I get the interpretation or explanation Mm -hmm. of what the picture means. Um, Sometimes I see something and I just say, I have no idea what this means. I can't, I don't know what God's saying. I just share it. And then I let the person do with it what they will, which is also totally okay. There's a lot of times that that happens too. And sometimes it means a great deal and sometimes the person may not know what it means, but it's never, I don't think it, there's never been a time in what, almost 10 years of knowing you that I've ever found it to be harmful or hurtful. It's always sweet and it's always, there's always some sort of uh, something there. And a lot of times I think the Lord has even shown you things even to just show you who that person Mm -hmm. is. Yes, definitely. I've definitely had that. And there's things that are almost like... Um, him, how he sees them in the spiritual mm-hmm. realm. And sometimes I see things that I don't feel like I'm even supposed to share, or I hear things for people that I don't yeah. think I'm supposed to tell them, um, or or I'm supposed to save for another time. Mm-hmm. Like you talk about not giving the tithe yet. There's times where God has a word or a picture for someone, and He's like, "Don't, don't give it yet." Yeah. So we're definitely like touching on prophetic stuff, which we are, which I didn't know is if we normal were go for there. us because it's yeah. part of just what we do. But it's impossible for me to talk about prayer and perceiving without talking about the prophetic. It's impossible because I don't, I, I don't know life apart from any of that. And neither do I. Actually, day one, that's how it was. Yes. Okay. So talk about when you are praying for someone because you operate so differently than I do. When you're praying over people, I don't know. It's it's different with almost every single person, and like that first day where I where I met the Lord, I usually when people, particularly if they ask me to pray for them, uh-huh. I see a lot. Yeah, like I know, I just know a lot yeah. about them. And the thing about it is, is the Lord has created me kind of like a vault where. They don't know this, but maybe the spirit in them does. Like, they can tell me anything, and I'm not going to share it. And, like, there are dudes in high school or college who came up to me, and they would sit, like, I would be out, you know, at the, whatever, the coffee shop, 
Eagle's Nest. And uh, <laughs> yes. I think that's what it was called. Eagle's Nest. And one guy, man, I loved this guy. He came up, he sat down, he dropped one of the most tragic stories I've ever heard, mm-hmm. right? Listen, that was 25 years ago and I've heard, heard a lot, a lot of, tragic of tragic stories. I know. And then he looked at me, he dried his tears and he said, I have never told anybody that. Yeah. He got up and I don't think I ever saw him again. Wow. And I was like, what? Like somehow it was just there. Anyway, yeah. I'm not answering your question. So for me, it's just kind of knowing. I know that the coolest kinds of, the coolest things that happen. So here is what I believe that I've been called to do. I believe that I am called to tell you who you really are in mm-hmm. light of who God really is. Yeah. That is who I believe that I am. And that's, I believe that my whole purpose in life is to do that. Mm -hmm. And whether that's calling horseshit on things, whether that's speaking to you very specifically about who you are and how God sees you, or whether it's about helping, like mentoring you and redirecting you into a career that's better suited for you. (laughs) I truly, I truly, that's kind of the new thing that I'm in right now is a lot of people (laughs) are connecting people to me to find new careers for them. And I'm like, oh, so, but I'm like, all right, I'm going to do what I can. And even if I can't find you a career, I'm going to be your champion. Yeah. And so that's what I feel like I've been called to. And it looks different. I mean, it's very like woo-woo. I don't know how, you have to explain it. But here's what I do know. There have been times, this is one of my favorite stories. Nicole knows that she was there actually. I was pregnant with Judah and it was the worst freaking pregnancy ever. I threw up 12, 15 times a day. It was, it was so bad. So bad. It was like I was on a rocking ship the whole time. And Anyway, we were at this like ministry event and we were at a table or like a booth outside. And this woman who I had gone to Messianic Church with Mm -hmm. 10, 15 years prior, Mm -hmm. I knew her as a little girl, recognized me, came up to me, grabbed me by the arms and said, I need a word from the Lord. Yeah. And I looked at her and I'm like, uh, I got to (laughs) puke. Like, I don't have a whole lot of words. Like I (laughs) felt, I did not feel like I had any capacity to pray for this woman because I just was miserable. But I looked at her and I'm like, all right, Lord, in the scriptures, like the woman, um, she was a Gentile too. And Jesus marveled at her faith because she wanted one of her her kid to get healed. And he's like, look, and it's actually really terrible what Jesus says. He's like, but he's talking in a metaphor. He's not actually calling her a dog. He's like, look, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. And essentially I... uh, what the heck? How does it go? And then something to the effect of he says he says, "Do you want scraps?" Yeah, do you she, want scraps? And she says, "Well, even the dog will eat scraps." Like, yes, yes, I want Thank crumbs you. from you. I'll take anything. I'll take anything from Thank you. you. Thank you. It was yeah. not. It was totally disintegrated yes, in my brain as I was trying to tell the story, <laughs> and that's what I felt. I was like, and then when the woman with an issue of blood, like she was desperate, yeah, and God healed her, yeah, even if he wasn't. So I was like, all right. Here we go. I'll pray for like, you. I'm not gonna let morning, sick, morning, morning, noon, and night sickness. Right. It's a good thing Judah is so awesome. <laughs> um, stop me. And I ended up praying over this woman. I don't know what. I don't even know. I yeah. remember one very specific thing, and I was like, "This is really bizarre." And I remember I told this story last year, and I was like, "You know that very specific thing still hasn't happened." And this, so Judah's six. So this was seven years ago, and. Um, And I was like, that hasn't come to pass, but it has come to pass now. Hmm. The the one thing that was like pivotal in the prayer has happened. Has happened. 
so cool. It just happened and it was like a miracle. Also a testament to that, or a reminder, I should say that sometimes we got to wait. There's a lot of things that we might hear in prayer or people might pray over us that that doesn't mean it's tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I heard the Lord when I was 19 say, you're going to go to Madagascar. I did not go to Madagascar until I was 31. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I heard the Lord when I was 19 say that I was going to go with my husband to India. Right. We have not gone to India. Yeah. And I've been married for almost 15 years. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I was 19 like a hell of a long time ago. It's going to happen. But anyway, I what I um but here is what I've learned in these years. And this actually kind of came full circle last night. You know, because I can really see people and because I came from kind of a legalistic background. Back in the old days, the, the toxic kind of prayer that I learned was always to call out people's sin. Yeah. Let's call out people's sin in order to get them to repent, in order to deliver them from whatever demons are likely inhabiting them. Uh-huh, yes. Obviously. Right? And you just continue to do this again right. and again until you're, I don't know, until you need to tithe. I don't know. It's just awful. And it just stopped working for a while. And anyway, I um, and I know that a lot of... There are some ministries out there, and there are ministries that are aligned with very dangerous political Mm -hmm. ideologies who have gone in this vein, and this is the only thing I'll take away from those ministries. I I don't align with these ministries, but I do align with this idea. Sometimes God does show you the secret workings of a person, and it's not beautiful. Right. But why would God want me to just see somebody's trash? Yeah. That's not my business. I mean, it also doesn't line yeah. up with the gospel. It also doesn't line up with how Jesus encountered people and yeah. and right. was with people. Yeah. He and didn't maybe, just like say, show me all your dirt. Right. And I'm just going to expose it all and then Yeah. And then do nothing out. with it. And that's make not you, what he did at all. Just remind you of something you've already right. known because mm-hmm. you're tormented about. Yeah. So that's kind of where I came. And I've, I've got, I think I've gotten out of that. But last night something happened where somebody was forcing me to pray for somebody else. And I was like, really? I was like, I've had three glasses of wine. <laughs> I was like, um, okay. So I was like, hold on, let me just like get quiet. And I went and I made tea. And while I was making tea, I heard insecurity. Mm. So I was like, okay. I was like, fine. So this is what this person might be dealing with. And I was like, but that's so I can just tell you're you have a lot of insecurity. Right. And then where am I gonna go from there? Right. Like that is so unhelpful. Right. And then and this tags back to what Nicole was saying earlier, that sometimes you you start in faith and the rest comes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, Lord, I don't know what to do with that. And then I heard, I trust her. Mm. Oh, and, this, and I was like, ooh, cool. So I went out back, grabbed my wine, and I looked at her. And I have never met this woman. I don't even know her last name. I don't know anything about her. I know a little bit about her because of last night, but that's it. But I looked at her and I just said, listen, and I gave her this word about how the Lord trusts her, mm-hmm. but very specific. And then the specific specificity came. Right. As you started. And I even got to call out of some of the abusive practices that were happening mm-hmm. that were very specific to her profession that she knew. I, I kind of could tell, but these words were coming to me. I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm saying. Right. And I honestly, I had no idea if it was going to land mm-hmm. or if it was the wine talking. I right. really didn't. And then I just stopped and I left it there. And her husband was like, whoa yeah it's like that was about as specific and as spot on as it gets and i was thankful for that and again it was somebody else forcing me to pray so basically i only pray if you force me to pray but <laughs> not um, true but yes 
I know. But yeah, so that happened. And that really reminded me that even if you get like, this person's been abused. Okay, great. If, if the person needs to see that you believe their story of abuse, fine. Right. But I also want to go, okay, you're giving me this thing about this person that's not helpful to them. It's helpful to me to know, understand them. It might be helpful to you for compassion. But what do they, how mm-hmm. do they rise in yeah. spite of this thing? Yeah. What is actually God? I mean, when we talk about too, like God's trying to meet a need or one of the things that Jonathan always says is that regardless of how it all goes down or what's prayed or if someone's prayer requests are answered or someone's healed, if that's what they need, that God's always trying to communicate his love mm-hmm. no matter what, yes. period. So in, I can go into any time praying for someone and even, man, let that apply to myself. Like anytime I'm praying and I'm going before the Lord for myself or anyone that I love or anyone that I know, that he's trying to communicate his love, however mm-hmm. that is. It's not to, it's never to shame or con- condemn or any of these other things or guilt trip or exposed for just the sake of exposure, yeah. but because he wants to communicate his love. And and where that, I love that you're saying that and where that comes in are like the times where I have to make something right with somebody, mm-hmm. right? Like, Lord, okay, you're showing me this because I need to go. And so, yes, it's there's a conviction there and there's probably something that I have to make right, but it's usually because it's going to lead to greater harmony. It's going mm-hmm. to, or I have to maybe... Um, I mean, I've gotten warnings about behaviors I've had. Yeah. Uh, like, hey, you keep doing that and it's not going gonna, gonna it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's to lead to anything good. Yeah. So I knew, but that was God's love saying, I want you to live. Right. And so that kind of thing happened. But, you know, and then Nicole and I, this goes real prophetic, but uh, we're not going to talk about this in detail. But what is funny is Nicole and I have like a show that we haven't yet taken on the road yet. Mm. It's true. Where legit... So listen, there are a lot of people who've got a lot of different theologies and whatnot, but we happen to believe in the concept of praying in tongues. And there's so praying in tongues, like you can have a prayer language and that can be an actual language or whatever, like a heavenly language or whatever. Or there's this idea of giving a word in a tongue and then somebody else has to interpret. It's heavy. That's all we're going to say about that. But... (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to drop this giant anvil. We won't um, give an example. Yeah. Um, no, we, we won't record. No, but that would be uh, kind of awesome. I've I done mean, that. We could, I have we done won't. that over yeah. the airwaves <laughs> once. I did. Did I? No, I didn't. Um, anyway, so it is like now eight, nine years running. Yeah, it's Pretty been a consistent lot. where the Lord will tell me like, you got to pray a word over this. And it's always over a congregation or mm-hmm. like a group. You got to pray this word in tongues. And I'm like, I don't know what these people believe. Yeah. That is crazy town. Come it's on. It's uncomfortable. And it's uncomfortable and you don't know if they're going to be like, ow, and I'm yeah. a brown woman, people. Okay? <laughs> so, you know, there there's some issues right then and there in just me speaking out loud in the church. You know, if you've got a vagina and brown That's skin, right. you know, you got some problems, but I can talk <laughs> in tongues. So anyway, so I would give these words and inevitably, 100% of the time, Nicole has the interpretation. I mean, I guess it's about 100% now. I think so. It's very uncomfortable every time. Actually, when you start and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, Renee has a word in tongues and I just know I'm going to have the interpretation. It's so uncomfortable. And sometimes then I just sit and I hear it like starting in my brain, like I know what you're saying, but then I try to just pretend like I don't know or I try to squash it and shut it down and, and not listen. And when that happens, I'm like, Nicole, you have the interpretation. Because I don't want to share it because it it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> so then I just sit there and I'm like, maybe somebody else, maybe somebody else can do it 
it's, I'm just waiting. I, I wait for the silence, make everyone even more uncomfortable because I don't want to do it. But then it's always beautiful. And it always is. Really it's always healing for the community. Good, but I, I want to point something out about this very good and great non-binary God. We are two brown women. We are the only two brown women in our church. And guess who he chose? They. Yeah, I've never thought the about The Father, that. Son, and Holy Spirit. They. <laughs> guess who they chose to speak through? Two brown people with the vagina. That's right. Also, right. credit to our community that yes, they that love too. to hear what god has given us to share yeah and sometimes they'll even center us that's a different story we got to talk about gender in the church we will at some point i gotta drink a lot (laughs) of wine before that episode that one i'll be unhinged for that one no problem (laughs) but um yeah that's really cool too but just the fact that god does that that he that i am i relate to god as father and i will not apologize for that and the reason i will do that in the same way as a non-binary person uh, asks me to refer to them as they, them. Mm-hmm. I will honor that. I believe that God reveals himself as father in scriptures and Jesus kind of concurs with that by referring to God as father. So I'm going to honor the maleness that God depicts himself as in scripture. And yeah, and someday we will have an episode though about God as mother. I do, I guess. I do think that there are a lot of scriptures that also would concede that point. In any case, that's just the inclusive, inclusive bit yeah, on why I say that. I like it. And is there anything that we have? Is there a stone that has not been turned? I'm sure. Over? Listen, we didn't, we haven't talked about all there is to talk about prayer. And we kind of went in a little bit different direction than I thought we would. Yeah, same. Um, but it is true. Like our, our lives with the Lord have been more, have been around a lot more prophetic communities. And so yeah. I think it's more natural for us to talk about it in that sense. Okay, I'm going to share one story because I'm going to share. I want to share two stories of times where I audibly heard the Lord because like I was explaining, mostly every time I've always, it's my own mind and it's easy to be like, that was that me? And I still will sometimes be like, was that God? Did I, am I hearing right? Or was that me? And then I can continue to pray about it and flush it out. And then, you know, it works itself out. But only two times have I ever heard like a voice outside of me that was like a voice that was mm. not me and it was a man a male voice so one the first one i won't maybe tell the second one because it's not as exciting but the first one and it's also weird that that was the time but the first one i was 18 years old it was my 18th birthday <gasps> so i'd been you know this story i do so I'd only, i didn't realize it was your birthday it was my though. actual 18th birthday and my best friend and i i was late at night and i was like hey mom I'm, we're gonna go drive to see our other really good friend and you know, she didn't really want me to, but it was my 18th birthday. What was she going to do? So, I mean, you know what I mean? I was 18. Coming in hot at 18. On my actual birthday. So my friend and I jumped in the car, and I'm about to take a left turn to get onto the freeway, which is the where I had to go to get to our friend's house. And I hear a booming voice, like it, someone was talking in my ear, uh, like next to me, say, do not go to Misty's house. And I was like, What? And I kind of like looked around even like instinctively because it was so clearly not coming from me. And then I heard it again. Do not go to Misty's house. And what did I do? You better believe I turned left and I went to Misty's house and nothing happened on the way there. We hung out, we hung out outside, just talking for hours. Then finally my friend Alyssa and I got back in the car to drive back home. And so by now it's probably like 
one in the morning maybe, we're driving home and I'm about three miles from my house and a lady, we're like on an off-ramp area getting onto the freeway. There's like an access road. The, head, the, the street lights are weird in that spot and a lady runs a red light in front of me and I T-bone her car and I hit her, you know, I hit her driver's side and uh, she, I, well, I didn't even know initially what happened to her. The front, a whole like front dash of my car dropped. So our feet were actually trapped under the dashboard. And my friend Alyssa started like hyperventilating, like, get me out of the car, get me out of the car. And I was like, no, no, no. I feel like we should wait for an ambulance. And she was like, get me out of the car. And so I'm like trying to unbuckle her and I can barely breathe because I smashed into the steering wheel no airbag we we didn't have an airbag i had an old toyota celica hatchback no airbag so she and i get out of the car and i look over at the car that i hit and the woman is totally not moving she's slumped over the steering wheel and i just break down i'm wailing in the street and i started praying and i'm like god please don't let this person be dead like do not let this woman be dead I go over to the car and I'm like, hello, hello. And I'm like touching her head gently. And then all of a sudden she starts to stir and she sits up and she's pretty young too. I mean, she's maybe 23, 24. She starts full blown panicking. Get me out of the car. Can you please get me out of the car? And I'm like, no, we cannot move you. I don't want to move you. And she was just begging us. So we opened the driver's side. We got her out of the car or the passenger side. We got her out of the car. And I'm sitting there. We have no cell phones. This is like pre-cell phone era. That's right. I'm three miles from my house. We're in pitch dark area. There's no streetlights because we're off this access road. And I'm like, what what are we going to do? Right then, a car pulls up and someone rolls down the window and they say, Nicole? And it was a kid that I went to high school with. We're already, I'm already graduated at this time. And he's like, what just happened? Did you just get in a rack? And I'm like, yes. And I don't know what to do. And I go call my parents. And he's like, I have a cell phone. This was like before people had cell phones. Yeah. He had a cell phone. I called my mom. My mom answered the phone and she answered, what happened? Because she knew. She knew something had happened. So everyone was fine. No one. We didn't even have broken bones. We had like really horrible bruises across our bodies from our seatbelts. And, you know, we were really banged up. Um, the woman went to the um, hospital, but she ended up being okay. But that was my um, introduction to hearing the audible voice of the Lord and totally ignoring it. And I can't even tell you to this day, I don't know why I ignored it. I think I ignored it because it felt so supernatural. It felt so beyond anything I had experienced that it felt almost like I made it up. Yeah. Or just like it couldn't possibly be real. It's too weird, too outside of myself. Yeah. Why would I tell, why would I not be able to go there? And yeah. also I was 18 and sure. you know, you think nothing's ever going to happen to you and you're yeah. not, you don't think you're going to get true. in a wreck. And um, that was it. So the moral of the story is if you hear that voice, you should listen. Yeah. I think a lot of times a lot of us have had to deal with that. And I think the thing, well, thank you for sharing that story. First of all, that's a hard story to hear. I didn't realize it was your 18th birthday, and mm-hmm. but you did have neck issues after that, right? Or that was a different accident. That was a different accident from when I was a little kid, but that one definitely messed me up too. I mean, I T-boned a car. It's a lot. It was a lot. It definitely wasn't good for my neck. (laughs) That's so much. I know. And that's the thing. Like, yes, listen. Like, even if you don't know, listen. I was just on the way here. I was thinking on this Oprah episode I saw decades ago. 
And I think this woman was an Olympian or she was some sort of something. And she was like at the mall and she had this feeling like going to the store. And she's like, no, 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 I got to get home. And then she was driving and she had this feeling like, oh, no, you need to go left. No, 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 I'm going to go right. I'm going to go this way. Like mm-hmm. she just needed to get through her day. And anyway, the sun was in her. Oh, that's why. Because the sun was in my eye when I was t- turning right to get here. Oh. And I could not see a thing. And I thought of that story. Yeah. And anyway, she made a left. And the sun was in her eye and she hit and killed a woman oh, uh, that was on a no. bicycle, who was on a bicycle. And I'm like, this is just awful. And I had a similar story like yours where, um, where I, I heard the Lord say, don't go to Nicole and Kisa's house. This was back in college and we were all in town visiting. We all lived all over the country at this point. And I heard him and I'm like, but I want to go. And I did it. I went inside the house and I told them. And I was like, listen, you can't ask me why. Mm-hmm. You cannot ask me why. I just can't come tonight. Yeah. I love you. I cannot come. And they're like, okay. And they knew by then, like, right. okay, we're naming it. Because listen, I like to party. You would have been there. And I would have been there. They know that. And I didn't. And I actually recently told them what that what happened. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wow. I'm glad you didn't come because I could have been dead. I, yeah. I knew that I was going to die. I, and, so I, and then, oh, I forgot about this. I heard the Lord say, listen, you'll be with me. He goes, but I have so much more for you if you stay. Yeah, definitely stay home. Yeah, so I stayed home. Lock and the door. I stayed home. But, <laughs> you know, but I, I want to wrap this up quickly. But I think like the last few years, insofar as it related to myself, there's been a lot of silence. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have been privileged. I don't have gender or color or ethnicity privilege but where i do have privilege is my relationship with the lord how Mm -hmm. much i can hear from him and Mm -hmm. i want to acknowledge that yeah that not everybody has has had that kind of access i don't know why um i've been given that but i have been given it listen i've been given a lot of trauma too but i've been given this uh, you know as this counter kind of counter i don't know i'm doing something with my hands and you can think of the word that i'm trying to get in any case, the last few years have been particularly hard because I hear God every once in a while, like directionally, like you need to do this and you need to do that. But I haven't really felt him like the cooing God, the mm-hmm, God who mm-hmm. just wants to be around me. I feel like the last few years it's the God who wants me to do shit, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And so I'm like, fine, I'll do that. I know how to do that. But there's been like this kind of rift between us. Yeah. And not really, but just kind of like, all right, God, whatever you need me to do, I'll do. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's not a great relationship. And 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 so I'm like, all right, I'll whatever. And lately I've just, I've been like, you know, I miss the God of my youth. I miss the God who just, who would wake me up mm-hmm. or who would just, I would feel his presence as I was walking down the street. Yeah. Or just, he wanted to be with me. Yeah. He just didn't, he didn't always just want me to do stuff. I was like, I missed that God. I want to cry. And a few weeks ago, it was right after I, I shared this in episode 13, where a lie that had been spoken over me about 15 years ago that was about my trustworthiness. And I started this episode talking to you about my trustworthiness, which I will stand by. Because you are trustworthy. Somebody had called called me not trustworthy. Anyway, right after that, uh, the revelation that that had happened, or not the revelation, but the remembrance that that had happened, I just remember calming down. Things were just better. We talked, again, I talked about that episode 13. And the next day I woke up and I heard that voice of God wake me up. Mm -hmm. So awesome. And I just was like, you know, I don't know why. I don't know what. I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. But I needed that. I needed to feel like a girl again. Mm -hmm. That 
God just wanted to be with because I'm his. Yeah. Not because I could do something and not because I can hear and not who I could help, but just because I am. Yeah. And that was really great. And he does. And now I'm back to business. No, I'm back but to I just business. needed that. And some of us will feel that way. There are going to be silences. There are going to be times where you feel like you're a soldier. There are going to be times when you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And that's okay. Yeah. But if you know what you ought to do, you ought to do it. I believe that it's always going to turn out, not not necessarily for your benefit, but often for the benefit of others. And that's why we're here. Yeah. I truly believe that's why we're here. I mean, too, so what you've, and I've said it on so many other episodes is that you, what you spoke over me, and I think this applies to so many of us, is that God trusts us. Yeah. And we talked about it a lot in the believing but also doubting or doubting, but also believing, whatever that one's called, that episode. And I didn't even tell this story, but, and I don't know how I didn't get to it, but um, just the fact that in the silence, like you're talking about where, you know, I spent literally years feeling like I couldn't hear from God anymore, that so many of us do go through that. And for so many of us, that is part of how we end up growing and struggling and wrestling and being challenged and things fall away and things die in that process. And you can listen to that episode too. But um, that at the end of that season for me, God said out of nowhere, I was just sitting and I remember I was sitting in a conference. I never even told it that I heard the Lord say, I've weaned you. Yeah. And I had to go look up like the process of weaning in the, you know, in the Jewish culture and that, families would throw a party when their baby was weaned because that meant that they survived infancy, Mm -hmm. that they made it through three years of um, having milk and that they were now strong enough to survive because Mm -hmm. so many children were lost in those years. And that God actually was celebrating that I had gone through that season because I was stronger for it. And I could be, I didn't have to be even though you, we miss that and we long for that like closeness and feeling him the same way a lot, he is also doing a new thing in us. Yeah. And so he still gives us those gentle reminders and that he's with us, like you were just talking about, which is such a beautiful thing. But he's also like, hey, you know, like you're a big girl. You're and, a grown up and, and you're grown up. And you can live your life and, you and can still live, have God with right. you. And you can, he can still be with you. And weaning is not for anyone, anyone who's been a mother and has weaned a child, it's a painful process for the child and the mother. Mm-hmm. No one likes it. Oh, yeah. It hurts. So it hurts the Lord. But Greg it's liked a- it because my moves were just so gigantic <laughs> in the weaning process. He just Engorgement. <laughs> he would just take my picture all day long. That's it. Engorgement. Like, but yeah. it's a necessary process, right? It's how a child grows yeah. up. And anyway, all that to say, we've, you know, I know you and I have been in those silent periods or felt like we've had those times too, but God isn't, he's never far off. So however he's communicating to us. Yeah. And you know what I do believe, and you can, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in my perception, you know, having known each other for all, coming up on 10 years, um, I believe what we have now in response or as a I don't know the right word. Sometimes I use the wrong word, but you know, in response to this, or as a result, or a concomitance, mm-hmm. I think that's the word mm. I want to use. Yeah, I think if it like it's the, very doctor the product of Doctor Bahati. Not yet, not yet. And Almost there. I'm a doctoral candidate. I passed my oral comps in my defense. I know. So I'm a candidate. I'm just not a doctor yet. Um. Anyway, but uh, is that we have peace? 
Oh, yeah. There's a piece that I have now about living my life in freedom, about having a, a cup of wine, about whatever. And I feel you too, about being at peace with who you are, where mm-hmm. you are, mm-hmm. how you go about your daily life, not feeling like we're taskmasters anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you ever had that, but you know the feeling like... Um, you know, I just feel like that we have a, and maybe 40 is also a key there. Yeah. But I do believe though, that these are the spoils. Absolutely. I mean, for sure, I, I was never a taskmaster, but I for sure was under the influence of evangelicalism of, you know, check the Christian boxes and make your Christian life look a certain way. Yeah. I definitely fell and, into that. But and our lives were never going to look that the way, Nicole. Lord, that we've been, I've been set free from that and yeah. I can just be with him. And my, my prayer can be, Hey, Lord, I'm having a hard day today. Thanks. And it's good and he's good. And it's okay. Yeah. I loved in the episode about parenting. No, it was about health. Uh, You were like, sometimes the only thing I did today was make my kid a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And that was enough. That spoke to me hard. And because it is one of those things where... You know, and even I, I come under the spell of thinking that I have to do all of these things for the Lord. And sometimes it does feel like that because I feel like I do have a big responsibility over me. And he just, you know, whatever. But, and that's okay. He's given me capacity for that. But the truth is, is that's not why I'm here. That's right. Nor is that why he loves you and wants to be with you. I know. It's a little, I'm still figuring all of that out. I don't have all the answers over here because sometimes I'm like, really? But I think that I know I what I I know that what I'm saying is true. Yes. I haven't totally worked it out in my that's totally heart fair. And brain. None of us have worked out so. any number all of all of these things, which is also yeah. good. That's a good place to be. I know. I don't know how long this episode is. I don't know either. I have no idea. No, ha- no clue what's going on. Long. But it's probably about that time. All right. Well, listen. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whenever you are, and whoever you believe in, and as it relates to us, higher being. I pray peace over you in whatever form that takes. And I do pray that if you do want to, I'm not going to take you to the sinner's prayer, so it's okay, <laughs> but that you would be able to hear the very, very good God and that you would receive and listen. It might be in a way that you never thought you could hear, but I believe once you hear that, you'll know. Yes. That was dope. Yes. That's that, so good. That Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite prayers once came uh, in the form of a bell hooks prayer, a bell hooks poem, oh yeah, or book, or some sort of bell hooks something. And this person was praying this, and I was like, the Holy Spirit was all up in that. Yeah, <laughs> listen, you never trust, know. trust, true. trust the Spirit to trust you. It's good. All right, Nicole, peace in the Middle East every day. All around the world. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have our outro that I promised you earlier. But here it comes. Here it comes. We're fancy now. From the Dr. Gregory Kyle clue. We're so fancy. Good night. And good luck. Good luck.